Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Football on the Know. I am Jim McPhee, and alongside of me is Mr. Joe DeCapita. Welcome back, Nodals, for another edition of Football on the No Show. We are getting Ooh. closer and closer every week to regular season football. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's weeks away, Joe. Woo. Really excited. We just want to let you guys know we are brought to you by John Stone uh, Heating and Supply, Mohawk Honda, and Buck Environmental Solutions, empowered and fueled by Raise. Raise Energy. Raise them up yeah. is a promo code. Hit oh. them up. Get some fifty uh, percent off. All right, yeah. So exactly, dude. We are really excited about this. We've been talking all summer about uh, different things, our views on the questions and uh, training camps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now teams are geared up for the getting final closer. preseason game here. Yeah, it's we're coming we're up. Just you were about, hearing about cuts yeah. now are getting done, yeah. and they're also naming starters now. You talk about the quarterback situations with some of these teams and the debates on who's the starter, who's the guy. There's a competition. It's fueled. Now these coaches and are starting to come out now and setting these true names for week one so far. Yeah, about all the teams now are down to about 80 players on the roster. We just had that 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 second wave of cuts, if you will, even though it's only like five players that they got to cut down to. But uh, now we're about to to eclipse that final cut day, that mm-hmm. day where a lot of guys are going to be on edge. They might be on the, the bubble of, of the roster. Not quite sure if they're going to make it or not. And when it comes down to it, going all the way from 80 players cut right down to 53 and. A lot of guys are going to be out there in free agency. There might be teams waiting to see what other teams cut uh, because they are lacking in a certain position that maybe they could scrape up. Absolutely. Waiting for that crucial time to pick up somebody you might need because even we're seeing some of these guys dropping now, you know, injuries happen, injuries, you know, all all over camp. So, and we got an extra week of the regular season. So you're Mm -hmm. seeing injuries now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now you add that extra, extra game. I'm sorry, but like we we came a long way. We had 17, you know, games to uh, 17 weeks to play. And that was a lot for anybody to stay healthy enough. We, we've seen multiple teams early on in the regular season. They lose like multiple starters and, and then they kind of like limping all the way through. Now you add that extra game. I know it's one game to a lot of people out there that watch the watch football, but that extra game. It, it, the season's already grueling. Now you're adding another week that you got to get through just, and then for a lot of the teams that make the playoffs, it's, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People taking hits nonstop through here, through the, the playoff, the uh, preseason, but that's why they shorten it a little bit too, but we will see moving forward. But the talk now that we're going to be bringing up here tonight is the, uh, the rookie quarterbacks, because again, that's the headlines. Everybody's uh, hitting up now. Cause um, I think it's quick for and easy for some of these uh, media want to throw it out there, uh, looking how somebody got chosen and, and that's their overall value. And is it worth it to them? Uh, how many times have we heard with, with Mitchell Trubisky and the um, the Bears, you know, they selected him. When there was yep. still Patrick Mahomes out there and this like <laughs> knowing what. There's your pick first overall, but he's it seems like not exactly that he's struggling. And this is the narr- uh, the narration that's being uh, portrayed out there mm-hmm. with him. He's like, oh, he doesn't look so good out there. He's, he's struggling a, a little bit. It's not comfortable in the pocket. Well, that's the idea 
idea, you know, that it's going to happen when some of these teams. Teams, and it's it's the preseason. So they want to see this guy get ruffled up. They want to. want to see how to it too because that's the one thing that will change the way a game happens if you pressure the quarterback that's how you get him out of his game and then you can uh execute your game plan the way you want i mean everybody knows that look at tom brady like how do you stop tom brady well you get some you know rush in there and get then get them out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody knows that. It's about executing, though, and being able to do that. And right now, that offensive line you know, uh, that they they took advantage of and decided mm-hmm. to fix a little bit is kind of letting his pass rush in, and he's getting taking some hits, I think, that he shouldn't be in the preseason right now. And that's the thing, too, is like a lot of people got to remember as well, because none of these teams, even for the Jaguars, and they're off. And their basic offense and their opponents have a very basic defense. And it's just like kind of like it's kind of like mono e mono. You know what I mean? Every athlete beat the athlete. Nobody's really scared. Scheming for each other just yet. Until we get to the regular season, where are you going to start to see like Jaguars' offense kind of really kick in? There's going to be where they're just going to get the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands. He's not going to be asked to do everything. You know, he's one guy, one player. Obviously, yeah, he's the quarterback of your team. However, going to design plays to get the ball out of his hands not so he has to hold it too long they're going to hand the ball off they're going to dump the ball off uh, not only wrinkles in their offense that they're going to have in the regular season but also it's going to be he is heavily concentrated on trevor lawrence in the preseason and for each other you're not gonna really get to get a whole you know i guess a good idea of what trevor lawrence is capable until we get to the regular season and see some regular season games absolutely right now we've got breaking news reporter here one of our old school there's a trade alert yeah absolutely a trade alert uh the panthers are trading them Backer Denzel okay. Perryman to, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. Her source.
a six, seven swap of picks. Panthers get their sixth round pick. Okay. Raiders get seven and Perriman per source. There you go. Uh, according to. As well on, on football, to know here via courtesy Mike of, of, of Mike Tackett, our reporter. Who's, that's Always has line. his thumb on the pulse, buddy. That guy is all about it. <laughs> Definitely. Right. So, uh, but yeah, you know, again, that's the thing. Trevor Lawrence pick pick overall, mm -hmm. not looking so hot right now. But for me, I'm watching as I'm. watch these games i don't mm. people even say like when i'm watching you know who are you rooting for you because you're yelling at both sides of the field i'm i'm looking at what the good sides of some teams are and the bad sides also i really pocket 
where they need the team offensive line can gel together and, and down the line during the season help protect them. For sure. All right, so Mike Tackett right here, he says, uh, what's the over-under the Jags win five games in uh, 2021, Joe? Uh, listen, it, it, that's going to be one of the ultimate challenges for this team, and it's really going to be all hindered on, unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence and how he performs as a professional quarterback in, in this league. Uh, so, I mean, we all know that he's very highly skilled. He's talented. He's got all the attributes that you're looking for in a quarterback. And I think that what they did is they surrounded him with enough talent, with good enough talent to where he can succeed. And defensively, they, they're kind of an underrated defense. So, you know, offense and defense go hand in hand. And at the end of the day, I think they could get over five wins easily. Uh, I'm going to take the over on that. Um, and I might I might go as far as to say is that they'll at least get seven wins um, because of having a rookie quarterback come in, you've got to expect some ups and downs. He is going to make mistakes that sometimes the defenses might fool them in, in their coverage. If they roll it over and, and, and kind of trick them that way with, with stunts and blitzes and what have you. But in the end, I think he will win more games in five and they'll be on the right path. Uh, come this season. Uh, um, I'm going to be, be right at five on this one so i'm not going to be over or under i think i'm going to be around even where you're you're setting the line here just because again i'm not really confident in urban meyer here in the nfl yet i'd like to even feel it out see how it goes uh with his uh, tenure here in the nfl but it's new it's fresh i right now i see still last year they had issues and stuff they need to work them out throughout the season can i see them over five yeah, they could. I can see they have the potential to do that, but I can also see that working through some growing pain still and just having a rough season this year and then potentially next season taking that next step. So that's what I see with that. But we shall see, though. We don't know, you know, so that's why they play the games. Uh, so let's take, take a look at now the number two overall pick that the Jets went with, seeing they knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be off the, the books here. And Zach Wilson, again, the Jets fans are high as hell right now and Zach. And, and yeah, so they're they're all about it. You know, they, these guys are all like, this is the guy next coming. You know, now we finally have our guy. Zets fans, they're winning the division. You know, it's like they're all high and everything. Uh, again, I'm ready to bring him down to earth. Okay, like, he's been playing well. He's been doing some moves. And, and the thing is, too, the contradictions. And this is why you don't always listen to what's going on in training camp from some particular type of media sources because all throughout training camp, you heard, oh, man, he doesn't look good. Oh, this He's is struggling. This, blah, blah, blah. But if you talk to the right people, too, and you actually talk to Zach himself, he says that, listen, I'm trying things in training camp and in practice to see what I can get away with, see if it works and stuff like that. That's why you do it. And that's what you do in practice. See what, see if it happens here. If it works, maybe I'll be able to use it in a game. If I make a mistake, I have a turnover. Da, da, at least I'm doing it during practice. I'm not doing this in a game. And you see when it comes to game time, he's able to perform at, at a decent level. But again, I would stifle everybody's expectations right now. It's going to be some growing pains here with the Jets and their new quarterback. Yeah, and you talk about practice. I'm talking about pre season games what we've seen what he's done in preseason games yes he looks he looks good uh but again this where's it where i go where it's it is just preseason nobody is like you know scheming for each other or anything like that when it comes regular season it's going to be a whole other level that he's going to have to jump over so uh right now it looks easy at times for zach wilson but it's kind of like very basic so let's pump the brakes a little bit here let's see what he can do in week one and week two 
and then kind of come back and, and, and we can have a, a better, uh, a clearer of, a vision of, of what he could be projected to do. Uh, so as of right now, I, I will say this. Is he flashy at times? Yes. Listen, he's the most most athletic quarterback I think the Jets have ever had. I mean, he's very gifted. He's very mobile. He's got, He does a lot of things that, that Jet fans are going to love as far as creating time in the pocket, outside the pocket, and uh, and, and being able to, to – uh, create more time to, for a play to develop or f- to find a receiver. So, yes, he's got some of th- that flashiness that you really love to see in a young quarterback, but also let's let's wait and see what he can do in the regular season where every single week are game planning uh, around a rookie quarterback like himself and, and, and the Jets, uh, Jets team as well. Yeah, I mean, and this is what you know, again, from the team before – the offensive line struggling, you know, Mikai Becton, you've got him, but you know, he he's trying to stay healthy here for them. And that's the one thing they tried to load up on, on offensive line to protect him, to get him time. But now with uh, the injury to Carl Lawson, he's done. And now some more injuries popping up on the defense. That's going to be a major thing for them too, is to get better at because they weren't that great under Greg Williams and that regime that they just prior had too for them. And that's the hopes what they're hoping with Robert Sala is to get that defense going mm-hmm. and actually have them stay on the field a little bit and, and then make some, get the uh, ball get back, some, get the ball back. Exactly. So then the offense can r- and run smoother and they're not just back and forth, back and forth and everybody's getting gas. And that's and then the thing now too you're, is you're, Carl, you're Carl Lawson. Now that he's gone, they lose a premier pass rusher. And that's something that they really needed to help this defense get after the quarterback. Don't give the quarterbacks as much time to look to, to be able to throw their receivers in halftime. So now that they're missing him, that is a big loss for them this upcoming season. However, um, the other thing that I that I'll mention is that the defensively, I didn't see a whole lot being done for their cornerbacks. And, and I still question their cornerback depth and their cornerback starters at at the moment. So uh, that to me is going to be their Achilles heel, just like it was last year, Mm -hmm. last season, they didn't have any answer at corner. They were getting beat up and down the field in the passing game. I feel like that's going to return. They might be better pass rushing. They might be better at stopping the run because now you get a return of CJ Mosley. Finally, Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. like Uh, now he's going to put on the green for real uh, in the regular season and show what he can do. But, other than that, I still feel like they're going to struggle with the pass defense. And let's just see. Maybe Robert Sala's uh, defensive scheme and, and, his, and his philosophies, maybe they play play a little bit better regardless of who they have on the field. Maybe it's going to work out better for them. So uh, remains to be seen. But all in all, it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and Zach Wilson touching back on him again, the fact that he has Corey Davis right there, and that's what you're seeing too, is utilizing the weapons that he has. That's something that Sam Darnold didn't have before too. So this is why I think it's kind of flashy for the Jets and really nice, and when they're seeing this, like, oh, look at this, and they're kind of imagining what could happen. Again, for me, I'm just saying this looks good. This is what you want. Hopefully when the season gets started, uh, this leads to something and, and some more wins that you had last year. Uh, but again, it is a tough road. It is a yep. tough division. Yep. Yeah. And this schedule is really rough for them, too. So uh, they're going to face a lot of tough opponents. Opponents, So it's going to be tough for them moving forward. But isn't that the funny part, too, is it seems like Joe Douglas feels a little bit of heat right now in his chair. Because last season, what did they really have? They had an, an offensive line that was below average. The only guy that they had that you could say was a staple at, on that offensive line is Makai Becton. And then, and other than that, as far as receivers goes, weapons go, they really didn't have an answer at running back. They had uh, Jamison Crowder as their one real receiver that was productive. Mm-hmm. So 
now Darnold is shipped out of there, and it seems like, oh, all of a sudden we improved the offensive line. We got more weapons at receiver. We we drafted a running back. We, you know, it seems like they've done a lot more now than ever to improve mm-hmm. this team, and it had to be done. So finally, maybe Joe Douglas assembled a team uh, that that is capable of of at least being competitive right now, and they're still in their young stages, but. Again, it's going to be exciting to watch. If you're a Jets fan, you got to have some optimism because finally you're starting to see some effort being put into this roster. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's take a look now again that one of the hot names out there that everybody's up in arms about and excited in the quarterback competition mm-hmm. that they want to bring up is Jimmy G and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance here. Trey Lance looking really good in, in the uh, preseason games as well. We on the big TV here, Garoppolo not looking so hot here and there. Um, so everybody's all up in arms about the Trey Lance. Does he got to start him now? What are you going to do? Cause we heard it. Maybe he was a project. Now it does look like he might be Joe. What do you got to say about the Trey Lance hype? I mean, Trey Lance, I wouldn't buy the hype just yet. I mean, listen, this is a quarterback coming out of college now who ran a predominantly run style offense. Very rarely did they throw the football. So now you're coming to a higher level like the NFL and you're going to be expected to throw a hell of a lot more than you're used to. Uh, not to mention, you're going to have to read coverages, read defenses. He definitely had to work on his footwork, had to work on his mechanics. So there's a lot that's going into Trey Lance. Do I think, listen, I like Trey Lance when he was coming out of college. I like his athletic ability. I like his size. I like his arm. There's a lot to like in him. However, I still think there's a lot more that he has to develop further to become a true uh, franchise quarterback for this team, which is they, he, they have time. They have Jimmy G as an insurance policy still. Uh, so they haven't traded him. We know that there was rumors about that possibly happening. Mm-hmm. And now you look at Jimmy G and Trey Lance, you're like, okay, listen. I, and this is what I think Kyle Shanahan's mindset is at. Is he's been asked in, in, in press conferences like, hey, did you name a starting quarterback? And he's like, nope, not going to name a starting quarterback. Uh, and then they'll ask, oh, well, Trey Lance, he's playing really well, right? So what do you think? Uh, when he first got there to now, has he improved a lot? And he gave a very, like, grayish type of answer, very kind of like, you know, almost like a, a, a one of those answers where, like, you just you give somebody because there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence, like, no, no, nothing to tip his cap on or anything. He just basically said, well, we're still in the same spot when he first got there. So. If that is true, now he could be lying Mm. to the media, but if that is true, if you take that comment as being true, then it's exactly what everybody else thought. He needs more developmental time. He needs to be able to fully develop his game in order to be the true starter. If that's the case, Jimmy G is a veteran. He's been there. Listen, it's not like they haven't won with, or they haven't won with Jimmy G. They have won. They've made it to the Super Bowl, for God's sakes. Mm. Uh, So... If it's not broke, don't fix it type of thing. But we all know the last two years, Jimmy G has not stayed healthy. So there's always that part of the equation as well. If Jimmy G lasts four weeks this this season, we'll say, you're going to have to play Trey Lance anyway. You know what I mean? So I think the smarter avenue is with a a star-studded defense that they've had before, even though they got that little bit of a difference now that Robert Sala is not heading the defense, that's going to be a little bit uh, different. And they got D'Amico Ryan's a former linebacker taking over that. Mm-hmm. And then their offense, they still got a great offensive line. They're going to be able to protect whoever's back there. They got running backs. They got a couple of young receivers that are going to do well. And they're a predominantly run team. So 
maybe it fits Trey Lance to a T right now. And you, and that's why fans are getting really hopeful that he's going to become the starter. But I, I think that Kyle Shanahan is not obviously disclosing everything that he knows. And in the end, I think it would be smart to just stick with the veteran and see how far he can take it. Listen, right. and, th- and that's the other good thing is if he struggles mightily in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. you have that option. Be like, hey, you know what? Screw it. We're going to just throw. We're just going to throw the rookie in now. We're going to he's will be the starter from here on out and damn the consequences. You know what I mean? Like, like whether we are a losing team or whether we can win with him and get into the playoffs, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, and you know what position they chose Trey Lance. I mean, that was the hype train, too, before the draft. Yeah, happened. Crazy. like you heard that they were going yep. and they were trading up or whatever. And then the news was flashing. It was going for Trey Lance. But then it was hurt. You were Mac Jones. You Everybody know? thought it was Everything. Mac Jones. Yeah. So. And it ends up being him. So it wouldn't be a surprise that that's where they end up turning it over to if he does struggle or, you know, what we've talked about before, you know, does he get injured again? You know, what is going to happen if he potentially gets injured? Then it's an easy fix because then you could put him in there, blame it on the injury. And if he looks pretty good, never turn back. And you're like, oh, I don't know. We've seen it happen with Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady before. And they yeah. never turned the page again. So that's a good way to turn it for them, too. That everybody's safe in that sense. But. They're going to play it the smart way. Again, Jimmy G's been there. He got paid the money to be the starter there. We've all kind of seen what he is, though, I think, at this point. And I think yeah. that's why everybody is kind of questioning this whole thing and say, well, all right, is this going to be the next guy that can get him over the hump? Because we saw in that Super Bowl when they were against the Chiefs, they had a lead. The defense ended up putting him into this game, and they had it. They had the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And they allowed them to still come back just because the offense couldn't get going enough that the defense eventually broke down. They were getting worn out and then gassed. And then by that time, the high-powered offense that the Chiefs got back together and get in motion and rhythm. And then by that time, it was just too much for the defense to, to withstand. And this is what they're looking for. They're looking for a little more balance, a little more athleticism here for them. And they want to still, we, he's still going to stick to the run. You know, we see the running backs that he has there back in this backfield. He's still going to utilize that running game. Uh, he's got great weapons too in this offense. So Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing. And at this point, we potentially could see Trey Lance during this season, but I don't think they're pulling the trigger on week one. And I think, I think you're definitely going to see Trey Lance be the starter if they fall short. Mm-hmm. So like, whether it be if they, obviously they whether it be Jimmy G getting injured early mm-hmm. and then you have to play him mm-hmm. or if Jimmy G is taking the team and they get to that midpoint or a bye week and they're like, well, we got to reassess now what, what's happening. Well, we're, we're, we're like kind of 500. Mm-hmm. We're not really where we want to be right now. Do we make this move right now? Do we mm-hmm. just put in Trey Lance and ride it out and see what happens? Uh, so there's a lot of variables with this, especially this situation. Because they have that veteran uh, quarterback, that's where it's kind of like banter back and forth and say, well, should we, shouldn't we, if this happens, if that happens. So it's going to be fun to watch uh, Kyle Shanahan and his staff uh, to to see what they end up deciding uh, come week one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we'll see that we're, we're keeping close to that again. Well, all we're doing with these guys, when we're doing our QB rookie report is that there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of saying, oh, this guy is probably not so good. We're not, it's still preseason. It's still been practice in camps. Uh, we will see moving forward, but let's take a look at both sides of the ball and, and, and analyze what we're looking at. 
Uh, next up, let's talk about some Justin Fields here. You know, the Woo, Bears go my guy. And, and move up and get him. Joe's been high on him nonstop. Uh, the thing I was just worried about again was that Ohio State quarterbacks, again, traditionally don't excel in the NFL. They haven't since. I can't even remember. Um, I want to say it's one of those uh, 70s quarterbacks. You, you could know, say possibly. Joe Burrow. Yeah. He was on, yeah, uh, I he guess was on Ohio State. So too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. If you want to look at it, potentially <laughs> of where they might have been. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah, all kidding aside. But I hear you what you mean, because, again, we've yeah. seen it a bunch of things. We see why Killy Smith was supposed to be, you know, this and that and, and things. And we've heard right. it. We've seen him come and go. So mm-hmm. I've always kind of been on the, uh, well, I'm going to stand back and feel it out and wait. If I'm a little late to the party, I really don't care. I'm not going to be the one jumping on top and jump ahead of it, you know, and trying to throw, throw something out there that ain't there. But right now, again, the Bears have needed something like this. And this is why they went and were able to, well, luckily, you know, they were able to trade up, you know, and get that and get the guy that they, they needed wanted. Them. And they needed something like this. You know so who absolutely. else was waiting for him to fall? The Patriots were Patriots. waiting for, for well, Justin yeah. Fields. And, and and if that happened, that would have been amazing for New England. I, I'm not saying that they didn't get their guy anyway, mm-hmm. but they, we all know that that. There was a lot of reports coming out of New England saying they were kind of really eyeing Justin Fields. They worked him out. They did a lot of things. They liked what they saw from both uh, uh, Justin uh, Justin Fields and Trey or Mark Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. But all in all, they would have been happy to get either one of them. So if Fields got there, that would have gave them another mobile presence like a Cam Newton, mm-hmm. but a guy that's able to create time and get the, get rid of the ball. So now the Bears got him uh, and. It's going to be an interesting battle. We all know that. Listen, this is the the kind of the most screwed up part of, of this, too, for me, is the little bit that I've seen of Justin Fields in preseason games, in pr- team practices, and Andy Dalton versus Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is that kind of average quarterback. He can get the job done, but when stuff breaks down, sometimes he makes a bad decision and turns the ball over. Sometimes he runs into um, into pr- problems and get sacked. Uh, and where as a, as a, as a, as, as wow, as a Justin Fields, mm-hmm. he gives you that mobility to escape pressure. He gives you that mobility to extend the amount of time that they could have to get rid of the football or, po- or possibly take off and run. He has that it factor. There's a reason why he got picked earlier, why the bears even traded up to get him is because they saw something that some other people that were scouting quarterbacks saw as well, is a guy who's very smart, very mobile, and can make all the throws accurately, so, and on time. So I think, I honestly, like, listen, I've been one of his biggest fans coming out of college. I think for sure he's showing up Andy Dalton right now. But the problem is if you ask Matt Nagy, who's the head coach, he's like, well, nope, Andy Dalton is my quarterback. He's my starter. And that's what he said multiple times already. So you already have a feeling that that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter. And it's sad because I think not only is Fields ready to take on that leadership role, to take on uh, the role of their of, the, of being their franchise quarterback, but I think he could actually enhance this offense more than what it will be capable of with Dalton behind the O-line. So uh, I think Nagy, if this is what he's going to do and going to stick with Dalton, I think it's the wrong decision. Listen, we all know that they brought Dalton in as insurance policy mm-hmm. before the draft. Mm-hmm. But now that they got their guy and he's impressing a lot of people in the in the organization, don't be so stubborn to be like, well, nope, I, I brought in Dalton and that's our guy. So 
I, I hope that they change their minds, but it looks like it, it's trending towards Dalton being the starter. Right, right. And you take a look at uh, Fields, too, and it's kind of everything that he had hoped that, um, you know, uh, Trubisky was going to be. Again, you know, to be a little mobile, because we saw spots where Mitch Trubisky was effective out of the pocket, Very making effective. some plays yeah. with his with his legs and the, the type of uh, offense that Matt Nagy runs. It seemed right, but again, when it came to getting the job done in particular moments, wasn't as effective, and it seems like this is the the guy that he's finally found that to run his offense that he likes. But again, before that, before there was a Justin Fields, you still had Nick Foles. And so there was that idea. I need to get somebody else in here. And that was going to be a, the original uh, quarterback battle here between him and Andy Dalton. Now Foles is just, you know, drifted off into oblivion here. <laughs> they got to see what, what, what he was capable yeah, they already of. And, did. And he yeah. didn't play and, up to par. So now Dalton moves in there. And I think the problem is here is when he goes in there, Matt Nagy now seeing they did draft the, the young guy, he's got to go and stroke the ego of the veteran there and say, listen, man, you know, you're, you're my guy. You're my starter here. This is what we're doing. More like playing the, the politics of everything. I wanted so, to make sure. Well, Yes. Unlike most politicians, that what I said was fucking stupid. And that's what he was trying to do, play it like a politician. And right. like, all right, here you go. All right, Dalton, Dalton's my guy. And that's why he's still shouting from his, his soapbox here. Right. Dalton's my guy. This is what it's going to be or whatever. But again, when you're taking a look at what is out there on the field, this seems like the yeah. best kind of thing to answer. run your offense, what you've been doing, and potentially – this could be the thing that saves his job because how it many be. how many seasons right now have we talked about Matt Nagy being on the hot seat and this really relies it's a pivotal moment for him mm-hmm. and relies on the quarterback play and for this uh, particular coach and the GM here to work together and gra- dra- grab this quarterback and be able to hit on this I think is big for them and oh, to absolutely. be able to save his job I think is a major point yeah absolutely and that and that's the thing too is that that whole that other part of the situation is Matt Nagy your job was on you know your seat was a little hot last season there were some rumors circling around that you might lose your job before the offseason even kicked off and he's still there now that they drafted the quarterback sometimes when teams draft a quarterback it gives the current coach an extra year or two to kind of turn things around but with this Bears team with as long as is Nagy has been with this team They've always had a, a pretty darn good defense, despite last season due to injuries. But it, they got all those guys returning now. They, it seems like they've geared up and they're ready to go on defense. And now on offense, they have Allen Robinson for one more year. It's basically a rental. They had to tag him for mm-hmm. another second straight part of the year. And he's there for this season, and that's it. So if you don't make a difference now with the weapons that they have, with David Montgomery in the backfield, the, the one concern that I guess I, I have for the offense and for Fields or Dalton or whoever is going to be the quarterback is that this offensive line got worse. They've lost key veterans off this offensive line, and I don't think that they've uh, matched that, that, that talent level or, or, or replaced those guys with, with better talent to even talent. So they, they might have breakdown in, in, in passing plays because of that, cu- that, that pass protection won't be there mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I just I just I kind of think that if Dalton's back there, they're going to lose more games than they could possibly win with a, a, a new talent in fields. I, I feel like he gives them a different dynamic at quarterback. 
and he's going to make some plays happen that I don't think Dalton Right, can. and we saw the issues that happened when the Dallas Cowboys didn't have an offensive line, and he started to take hits as well. And being right. new to that um, franchise and not really grabbing the players in their locker room, and I really think Justin Fields being able to relate to some of the younger guys in the group too, I think oh, would yeah. be a better aspect for them. We have Tom Leiter in the house with us. Tonight. What's up, Tom? Tom is in the house. Another original yeah. normal. No G, absolutely. He says the Dalton scale. If you your quarterback is worse, you need a new one. If he's better, you can make do. And absolutely, and that's what it is here with, with Dalton. Every you know, it, it, since he left the the Bengals, I mean, that's basically what you're looking at. Because uh, again, they moved on from um, you know Carson Palmer, and they had Andy Dalton, the right, red rifle, right. in there. Let's go forward. But he also had AJ Green there and some other uh, talent along with him to keep him going. But Tyler Eifert in his prime to the big game and stuff, he could never really get you over the hump and and make he didn't make your team better. He wasn't able to make those drives to make it happen. He is famous for being the one that ended up putting the Buffalo Bills in the in the playoffs to where they all donated to his charity, and that's what you know about Andy Dalton. So. And again, if he was worth anything else to be even a, a nice, reliable backup for Dak Prescott, especially what, what they're going through right now, uh, the Cowboys would have probably tried to lock him up. So, you know, when the fact was when the time we, we just talked about it, when they had Nick Foles and they were like, we're, we can move on from Mitch Trubisky. We didn't pick up his next uh, option. So we need somebody else here to maybe throw say, even a, a fire under Nick Foles to see it's like, come on, are you really going to you're going to solidify this or what? Andy Dalton, he's a better option right now. He's shown what he can even do, you know, when he's thrown into that backup spot and been able to be out there. Uh, Could this be enough to get us over the hump? But now that they went and drafted Justin Fields, looks like the clear option. And it's only a moment, I think, again, until he pulls the trigger. And I think it might come to, like you said, uh, prior with, like, the way the 49ers, I think the Bears within this division, the way their division Mm -hmm. is, they got to find a spot within themselves too. If it starts to come away from them, right. we saw it with Mr. Trubisky too. They they were even winning some games with Trubisky, and they, they thought maybe something yeah. was was not right. They made made the switch to Foles, you know, if something went their gut, and, and then it, they kind of got haywire and whatever. It still didn't work out. It still didn't work out. <laughs> gave up the plays. So right now, I think they've got to try and make this move. That would save face for them, maybe save his job as well, and help this team out because again, they're on borrowed time. To where you even heard rumors now that the Raiders have even asked for a trade back with Khalil Mack. Like they mm-hmm. wanted to get rid of Khalil Mack now and unload that contract. They, off of the, Bears. the Raiders called, uh, uh, and this is what happened. I, I know this kind of, this story got kind of blown up mm-hmm. because of who it is about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but this happens throughout every offseason. Mm-hmm. Teams call other teams and we, uh, we don't hear anything yeah. about it. Uh, teams call other teams just to kind of, you know, kick kick the rock, see what what happens with a conversation. Maybe they're interested in, in, a, in a certain player, a certain receiver, a certain DN, whatever. And teams will call other teams and say, hey, what what are you looking at? Are you at all interested in trading him away? Are you at all interested? What would it take in compensation and what have you? Teams do this every single season. We don't get to hear about it because obviously it's it's behind closed doors. And um, and the other thing, too, that I wanted to mention is, is Jim was uh, saying is, Prior with the 49ers, it's the same kind of situation as the Bears. They have a luxury right now because they both have veteran quarterbacks that if they decided to start their rookie quarterbacks whenever that is, right away, later on down the the line, and they still have those veterans as a backup, they have basically a, a tutor. Wait, you know, to answer any questions that the, the rookie quarterback fields or or Lance has, you know, to help them along in the season. 
what did you see on the sidelines that I didn't see? You know what I mean? Did the defense do this? Did they do that? What can I do? What can, what can make me better in this situation? So they have, uh, they have both have veteran quarterbacks to help this rookie, whoever it is, uh, become better as they play in the regular season games. Yeah, absolutely. So again, and then, now let's move on to the final rookie that we've been talking about the here in the final one. Um, and that's Mac Jones. We brought up his name a few times when we were talking about the 49ers. Joe and I had saw him being drafted by the Patriots when they were in their original spot, which mm-hmm. I think maybe he was, again, the guy they were going to target anyways. And the fact that they were able to trade back and sit there and still get their guy, I think that fit their system perfectly, I think is outright uh, just amazing in a, in a Patriot way, kind of. It just happens that yeah. way for the I Patriots. I mean, they didn't even have to move. They just right. sat there in mm-hmm. their original spot, and they and they ended up getting a, a quarterback that not only fitted their offensive system better, mm-hmm. uh, but also he's kind of like he's very – and don't kind of de- d- dive into this too much, but my comment is going to be something about Tom Brady. Uh, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. I'm not saying that he's going to be Tom Brady or anything like Tom Brady. What I'm saying is that he has similar attributes that Tom had when he came out of college. So he's a fast processor of, of, of you know, of plays. He, he diagnoses defenses very well. He's very accurate. And the funny part is if you looked at, if you looked at his body type when he came out of college and the photo that he took, he looks kind of similar to Tom Brady's body type, uh, which was kind of like a running joke uh, before the draft hit. And, and he's, he's accurate. He's more mobile than he looks. So unlike Tom Brady, where you looked at him, you're like, there's no way he can run. And he couldn't Mac Jones can actually, he give you something a little extra in the mobility department. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a perfect fit. And we, we see this week, the last couple of preseason games that the Patriots have had between Cam and Mac, there's been ups and downs for both. And now it sounds like, you know, coming out of, of, of their practices or team mm-hmm. practices just recently this week that Mac Jones kind of lit it up in practice to the point where he's starting to be really noticed on all kinds of levels of maybe he's the guy. Maybe this is going to be the decision for them. Bill Belichick is, is finding it harder and harder to defend Cam over, over Mac as the, as the season gets closer. And I think after another preseason game where we might not see Cam at all, maybe we will because they're still trying to decipher things. But I think it's trending towards what we thought all along uh, right here at Football on the Know. We, we thought that Mac Jones would win this job head-to-head head head against Cam because he's a better all-around quarterback, and you're seeing that in preseason games, in practices. Absolutely. And you hear the narrative as it comes out of, because again, uh, the, the Patriots, you know, they try to stay you know, quiet about everything, you oh, know, yeah. you keep it what's inside and here and there. Um, and I remember it even to say last season when they still had, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer in, in, in Stidham and, and Cam Newton still too, you heard him. Uh, Belichick talk about all three of these guys and say, "Oh yeah, well they're working this. It's pretty blah, even. Blah, this and this, and you know, but we're gonna stick with Cam. You know, like he's he's really he brings a lot to the team and this, this instead of you know, he's a, it's different now. The way he's talking with you know, it, it's not so much you know defined to where it's even when uh when reporters are interviewing Cam Newton." He's not even saying, oh, yeah, Bill has said, you know, I'm the starter here and there. He's, he just goes with the ego and saying, oh, yo, you you guys know who it is. You know, you, you know, already know, you know, I don't need to say the name. <laughs> I don't need to say the name. You know who it is, you know, and it's like 
do you really know who it is? Because it sounds like you're kind of scared a little bit. Uh, and he probably should be, again, because you bring in this guy. Uh, again, solid team under the Nick Saban uh, coaching tree here. Again, uh, Belichick, same type of deal. Nick Saban, him and I, they're like best friends. Same coaching tree. Um, and again, showing greatness in the, the practices, but then mm -hmm. also looking pretty good in the games as well. And it's kind of fit their original system that they were working with, right. with Tom Brady. It seems like it's a perfect puzzle piece that fits right in that puzzle. That's already there. Mm -hmm. They, the thing is about the Patriots is they, they always kind of see the team that they're facing and game plan to that particular team oh, yeah. week to week. So I mean, when well. I say that there's an offense that's, you know, cookie cutter for them here and there but that's just basically saying what are we going to hit them more with the run this week are we going to hit more the pass they're still going to do their scheme and what they do uh the th thing is when cam newton came in it seemed like they more kind of adjusted their offense to Absolutely. involve a few more pistol plays and re uh, read options that you weren't doing exactly with the gazelle RPOs. that's married to Gibbsdell uh and, and tom brady now you've got a little bit more of that where you got mac jones you can do a little bit of that and still do your dink and dunk and throw a deeper ball to some of these weapons that they have. And that's the thing that they didn't have last year, too, because think of their number one receiver that they had in the slot, Julian Edelman. He was injured most of the season. So now you've got these two tight ends that are great, you know, and some at the wide position. That only helps this team get better. So when you see them uh, entering COVID on defense, mm -hmm. This could be a different Patriots team, and a lot of people could be very scared again, I think, times. Yeah, you look at all the additions via free agency and what they were able to do in the draft, and you agreed on pass rush for the defense, which was kind of like a, you know, uh, a lost, uh, you know, entity for, for them the last couple of seasons. But also, you, you look at this offense now. When, when they once didn't have any real weapons at, at the wide receiver, they never not only picked up one, but also two in Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. They bring in a couple of receivers that have displayed some very good talent on their previous teams in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. So uh, I think that these tight ends now, now they can kind of get back to like kind of like the glory days uh, when they had Rob Gronkowski and they had Aaron Hernandez back there at, at tight ends. Uh, and you and also. They got some depth at receiver too that uh, a lot of people kind of kind of glaze over. They're like all oh, concentrate on the new addition. But they still got guys that can play ball. So uh, I think all in all that the order and it's going to help whoever. is the quarterback at the end. 
All right. Tom Leiter brings up a good question here, Joe. Now he says, is there a late round guy that could come out of nowhere? like Wilson did the way you know when they had RG3 and Andrew Luck that particular season I mean it's always possible I mean and that's the thing it's like it's really hard quarterback is the absolute Mm -hmm. hardest uh, position to gauge via draft to get to really kind of nobody really knows half the time yes they're basically taking all educated guesses with any pick that is drafted so yeah we're up here talking about all these like high profile quarterbacks mac jones and trey lance and justin fields and all these other guys and and you know uh, uh trevor lawrence and all that and we all think very highly of them because they were
rounds. But when it gets to, as the rounds progress round by round, the deeper you go, you can find gems. They definitely are there. Mm -hmm. And some teams hit on them and some teams don't. Uh, so, I mean, to, to really answer your question, it's possible. I mean, it's not probably a definitive answer that right, you want. And the fact that we but, know one right now i mean it's tough in uh scheme that they're in yeah the coaching even as well but so, i mean just out of stanford andrew davis i think he's on the texans they drafted them with their third round pick because listen they're not sure if they're getting deshaun watson back they're mm -hmm, not sure mm -hmm. so they took a stab they didn't have hardly any picks and their earliest one was the third round so they're like hey let's just take quarterback andrew davis is there why not right so that kid out of stanford listen he's got the mental game for it he The, the one biggest problem for him coming out of Stanford is not like he couldn't make the throws, not that he wasn't accurate, not that uh, he doesn't have the... ...mental part of the game. It was more about injuries. The guy's been injured heavily in college. So... It's really, that's the biggest. This question for him, can he stay healthy in the NFL, which is going to be really hard to do. Uh, but if he can do it, he has a potential of maybe down the road becoming that starter for the, for them.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, I don't think a lot of people saw uh, Wilson jumping out and forward. Uh, of everybody anyways it wasn't until Pete Carroll said you know I, I like what you're doing kid and now I'm going to name you the starter mm-hmm. and when they were even struggling and uh what was it they had the guy from Green Bay that they had brought in you know to yeah. be their starter at that particular point and uh, that was type uh, like a type of thing like uh you know a, a guy who showed flashes when he was putting In, but then never really showed that he was a true starter, uh, sort of like the way Nick Foles has done around and get passed around, or like a um, Fitz, Matt Flynn. There you go. Thank you, Tom Leiter. He <laughs> knows. He's a Seahawks fan. Uh, Matt Flynn. That's what I mean. He was always good enough to be like, oh, let's throw this guy a contract. He could be the guy, you know? <laughs> and then you're kind of like, no, he's not the guy. We need to get rid of this guy, you know? And then, so then Russell Wilson stepped up, made a name for himself, and, and came out of there. And again, Tom Brady, a lot of people liked what he did, even though he didn't have a lot of uh, uh, playtime with Michigan and stuff, still saw some tangibles. But I think he fell into the right coaching situation, too. And he's a hard worker, too. It's about work ethic. You've seen with no first-round picks that go in there, they have the tangibles or the mechanics, but then, you know, they're stupid in the NFL. You know what I mean? They don't know how to control their money. They don't know how to do this. They feel like they made it, so they don't work as hard. One thing that Tom right. Brady always does, like they even showed a clip of it this past couple of weeks where he wasn't even in the game, but he was doing snaps with the backup center or something yep. like that and practicing always, reps with that. Always working. Always in. Better and even. And helping other people get better. So that's another tangible too. It could be any of these guys. It could be even. Uh, not a surprise, like a uh, Hall of Famer, if you want to say. Look at Ellinger, too. He- Here with the uh, the Colts. That's I exactly mean, what I was just yeah, going to say. I was going to say, because the way the Carson Wentz deal is coming out, if he's not you know, going to be completely healthy, we've seen that the Colts like him. And- and he's in there. So is he going to end up playing better and stuff like that? That could be a nice little hidden gem that they had there.
that I don't think he'll be ready draft. now because he still needs more development. But Sam Ellinger was another guy that I was really, uh, you know, whatever team that needed a quarterback they could take him a little later because he wasn't as you know highly sought after as all these other quarterbacks but Sam Ellinger out of Texas uh I, listen I I've seen this kid his whole college career I really like his game. He's a little bit more grittier of a quarterback. He's a little bit more aggressive in the past. game uh but all of the right team develops him the right way like the Colts with Frank Reich maybe they could open a you know you know talent fest you know a, a brand new you know you know a new talent for for him because he kind of has struggles once in a while with in college maybe they can bring out the best in him is basically what i guess i'm trying to say in the nfl but he's another quarterback to kind of keep an eye on he was a late pick in the sixth round maybe he could develop to be a, another uh starting caliber uh quarterback all right i want to take a minute just to remind you guys we are sponsored by johnstone supply heating and supply here in troy and Joe's going to tell you a little bit about our guys here at Johnstone, Joe. Johnstone. Yeah, let's give a shout out to our boys, Johnstone uh, Supply in Troy, New York. Um, what I will say about these guys is down, if you're in the area and you need some duct work, you need some heating, some cooling work done, make sure you go and check these guys out. Sixth Avenue in, in Troy, Troy, New York. Uh, listen, uh, if, if you're looking for any kind of upgrade for that matter, uh, make sure you hit up Johnstone Supply. They're in Troy. This month, they're offering up uh, Fujitsu ductless splits right. right now. We are talking about an energy-saving ultra-temp model for your home. 
Right now, they are carrying the new J-Series VRF systems, and these systems will be not only be more efficient, but also flexible for any uh, setup you have in your home. Plus, in stock, they also have uh, Westinghouse made by Fujitsu uh, for the more, more basic, cost-efficient option for you. Uh, for more information, make sure you give them a call, 518-272-5922. Uh, go ahead and say hi to our boys down in Johnstone. Just go ahead and say hello to Tom, James, or Kevin, and tell them that you heard about Johnstone uh, from us right here at Football on the Know with Godzilla Media. Yeah, absolutely. John Stone, definitely check him out. If you guys are from around here, I know Tom Leiter's not. So, I mean, he's not going to see John Stone supply. <laughs> That's right. Maybe they offer something online for you, though, as well. Maybe, you know, they, there's some good guys there, too. Right? But anybody that knows heating and, and cooling, we need it right now, especially over here in, in New York, because we do. It doesn't get super scalding hot here like it might in the desert and stuff, but the humidity is brutal. Oof, and if your AC breaks or whatever your, 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 your duct work isn't working, they're the guys to go check it out and they'll help you out. Definitely. Yeah. Make the sure Fujitsu, it just, right. I don't know what it is in the J series. I like it. Sounds That's impressive. Fujitsu. I don't know what it is, but it sounds really yeah. impressive. Uh, make sure they're get... here too. He says they are here too. There nice. you go. Johnson supply. So there you go. Well, maybe uh, this phone number might not work for you, but five, one, eight, two, they know these guys over here and said, Hey, we heard about from football. And they know all the way in Albany, New York. What can you do for me now? You know, can you help me out here? <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. So we're all about helping our know-it-alls here. Uh, so, Joe, it's been an exciting, again, offseason here. We're ready. The season starts in, like, two weeks. We've got, you know, the last preseason games coming up, uh, but it is crunch time. So we are going to get into our AFC predictions times. It's prediction time for us. And um, we always love this part of the, the, the show, don't we, Joe? You know, so we start to uh kind of predict the what what the way the division's going to finish yes sir uh be a jump ahead of it sometimes yes, we sir. get them right sometimes we're completely wrong but you know injuries happen and all that and a lot stuff, of times we're actually right yeah we are really we jump in front of it but <laughs> play along with us tom lighter's out there he loves to have fun during this whole part too let's go show us out there in the comments by the way guys on youtube we're on facebook and all that drop comments just like tom lighter here and uh you know mike out there too as well Drop comments. We'll even ask any questions you want. That's off topic, too. We'll, we'll help, uh, you know, answer them for you or even have a discussion with that. We don't care. Yeah, if you're into fantasy, go ahead. Shoot out those questions. We know that fantasy drafts are happening now. They're going to be happening for the next couple of weeks. Maybe you just had uh, a draft that you want to talk about. Maybe, uh, you know, kind of let us know, did I make the right decision here in the first round? Did I make the right decision in the next round? So, it, or if you have questions about an upcoming draft, Go ahead and list them down in the comments. Ask us. We'll help you out. We'll do the best that we can. Not to mention, we are on all big major podcasts, you know, uh, uh, radio and, and, and listening pleasures for you. Right. Uh, so we are, have now broadened out. We are now on Spotify, iTunes, you name it. We're probably on it. Uh, make sure if you do listen to podcasts, go ahead and support too. us there as well. Yeah. By the way, with that, too, uh, we shared um, a link to our uh spotify and, and our and our stuff here for the podcast it brings up a thing where you can uh donate be like a sponsor kind of donations if you want to give us donations stuff that we are not forcing it we're not asking you to donate no, here it brings all. it right to you first so if you even box that out you could go right to our thing although we will say you know we really appreciate any donations you will make or something we're not asking you for them but if you do we really appreciate it and i think once we get uh, even some donations, stuff like that. We will do that way. You're like a sponsor type of, of the show or a supporter, right? We will do a special giveaway just for our supporters, for supporters out there too. So if you do support us, we will know, we'll see who did 
and uh, we'll do a special giveaway for you guys. So definitely stick tight for that. Uh, if Tom Leiter says, I took Chubb with the eighth pick, is okay. he going to be a workhorse every team needs? I say you can't uh, go wrong with listen, Chubb. If you get Chubb with the eighth pick, now I don't know, is it is it a 10-team, 12-team? Regardless, it doesn't matter. If you got the eighth pick and Nick Chubb was right there for you to take, I say you absolutely pounce on that opportunity okay. because uh, despite, uh, you know, Kareem being his backup, uh, listen, they both eat. They both are producers of, of fantasy points. Nick Chubb more than – more because he gets the ball more, a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, I think it's a great pick Mommy. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in agreement too. And uh, the funny thing is this year is I got – I got suckered in, suckered in what? to I've been doing a fantasy team here with Joe, you know, for our Godzilla yes. media. So I got forced into this. Yes. Just let you know, uh, I'm not as happy about it, but I'm going to do my best. We're, we're going to have on, you're going to be fine. Yeah. OK, so Listen, here we don't go. let him fool you. He used to be a pro at fantasy. He used to be a pro. So don't let him fool you. He's good. He's going to be fine. We're going to have a great time. Bro. All right. Let's we do it. Let's do it. It's going to be, by the way, Friday night. Again, for area people, again, if you're in the Albany area, yes, Albany sir. Hooters, we're going to be at Hooters to see our man, uh, Jeff Levac and, and Gaz out there, and we're going to do our draft that night. So if you stop by Hooters and you see us, come over and say hi. Uh, Tom Leiter says he had uh, 10 teams in okay. his one. I got Tyreek Hill with the second pick. There you go. I mean, so that's that a good pick, nice. too. That's a good one-two punch and right it, there. And it does matter based on your, your fantasy points for your league, too, You know where, where these guys end up finishing up. Like for my league, the way my point system works, Tyreek Hill was like one of the top three fantasy guys last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he's anything like that, or maybe even better this year, you got yourself a steal. PPR. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's, yep. I'm the same way. My leagues are the same way. All PPR. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You get in the third round, Tom. I'm curious. Definitely. Third rounds out there. Let us know. Uh, again, fantasy coming up. Like he obviously did his draft so far. A lot of people do them earlier. We like to sit back and hang later. That's why this weekend is going to be a crazy weekend, especially for Joe. Yeah. You know, I just have to be there Friday night. Yeah, but he's awesome. got Friday nights. And this is a, the one we're going to be in right here, by the way, is a 14-team league. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I Has anybody I ever wanna, done that before? That's going to kill me. Like I, 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 can, I can't even fathom this. A uh, 14-team. Um, this is what I get back into. So I get back into it after a while and I'm in a 14 team league. And then Joe's got a double header on, I think on Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Sunday. I got, I got two, two big right in a row too. So well, <laughs> I think they're at the same place too, though. Right. Are yeah. Same, same location, but it gets makes it a little there. easier. Yeah. You guys better order. Somebody order food by the all time right. that's all done. Who knows what's going to happen? All right. So he says, uh, Travars Jackson and, uh, the, and he said on uh, the third round, Travars Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe refresh my memory. Who's Travars Jackson? I remember right seeing him on there. I just can't recall even right now. But I know who he's talking about. But I, I just can't <laughs> picture it right now. But uh, that is so, I mean, for his third pick, yeah, uh, snaking back around. It's only 10. Only 10, it's only though. 10 teams. So, I mean, that could be, um, uh, yeah, if you get yeah, the if first you get pick, to, you're screwed. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were talking you gotta, about. Because you you're missing out on all those guys coming all the way out away from you. And then as it snakes back to you, yeah, you're right. going to miss out on a lot and of that's talent. A, you know, the funny thing about this point system here, maybe hopefully the other guys from Godzilla Media aren't listening to us. Uh, the point it. system Don't is kind of We fun. haven't had a draft. No, Don't yeah, say yeah, it. we haven't said But I'm just saying the point system is kind of hairy in this one, too. you got to so pay attention to the point system. This is what we tell you. So that's what we're doing. So we've got a game plan, and we can't wait to get it started. 
All right, so talking about picks and everything, uh, the QB from Baltimore. Oh, Lamar. That's where, that's, Lamar, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. That's, I was we, say, that's what we meant. I was, I was like, but I know there's a um, there's a, a wide receiver, I think, even that says that's something sort of like a Tavares Jackson, though, too. That, that Deshaun? sounds different. You're not thinking I, of Deshaun, right? No, I don't think so. I, th- th- he went in later, even rounds, but thousand yeah, yard yeah. rusher here. I think he, yeah, he must have got it messed up what he was thinking of. Uh, the um, Travaris Jackson from the Minnesota Vikings. They like were years purple ago. jerseys. Yeah, a yeah, long time no ago. no longer around. Threw me, yeah, yeah. That kind of threw me off there, too. So, okay. But, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Lamar yeah. Jackson, like, listen, he's an ultimate. He's the ultimate dual threat quarterback uh, for oh, fantasy. Oh, so that's nice. So, if you got Nick Chubb, him, and Tyree Kill, that's a nice trio right now. I mean, oh, I don't know, Tom. I, I mean, I don't like to pick quarterbacks that early. Uh, so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little against, against I hear you there. guys like that. Uh, because I, I really believe that you can get uh, kind of better value. You know what I mean? You know, if you take a running back or receiver, even into the third round, especially in a 10-team league, you definitely can get uh, a quarterback that's that's going to be capable enough to to help you out week to week uh, a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says Lamar there. But no, bad. but I'm not. Yeah, but obviously, like in your league, like you understand, like people picking in your league, if, especially if you've been in there long enough, you start to gain some knowledge on how people think. And maybe somebody was going to be hot for Lamar and you wanted to make sure that you had him because that's one of the guys you target. Right. That's the thing, too. You set up guys that you target and then you go after them in that draft. Plus, it all depends on because if somebody drops something and starts making a run, you see a run on things. So then yeah. sometimes it forces you into grabbing up right. and snatching up some guys. That's another little bit of advice. Do not fall into the runs. Don't fall into the Yeah. Stick to your game Stick plan. Stick to your game plan. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, uh that could change everything there. I mean, because we we had talked about it too. I mean, if you blow up on running backs, uh, wide receivers, whatever, yeah, and then yeah. you could potentially still get a uh, quarterback that's decent out there, still sit back that a lot of people don't think about, you know, in some of these situations. You know, right, Ryan right. Tannehill could even be possibly one of them. You know, so who knows? But def- definitely share more about your drafts, everybody out there. Absolutely, let us know in the next couple of weeks. Post them on our show too. Why not? But anyways, we're going to get to our picks for the AFC. We're going to start off with the AFC East. Yes, sir. Starting with Joe's picks. Joe, here's your picks. There Let's we talk go. about it. Explain it here. All right, real what quick. Uh, Jets, I, I have them picking, uh, or I have them fi- finishing last in their division. Uh, yes, they made a lot of improvements across the board, offense and defense. However, there's, there's this thing where when you add a lot of players, sometimes it doesn't kind of gel together very well. There's some chemistry issues a- along throughout the season, and especially having a rookie quarterback with all these new, um, all the all these new you know additions. I feel like the Jets are gonna they're gonna have some highs, they're gonna have some lows. This they're definitely gonna probably be he's definitely gonna be better than last season because now that they filled a lot of those holes across the board, but I still feel like they're gonna have up and downs with that rookie quarterback, with a lot of new pieces involved. So they're going to end up finishing last. Uh, after that, I have the Miami Dolphins finishing third in this division. Um, listen, here's a funny thing is like Patriots and Dolphins. I was kind of conflicted who's going to end up second and third because there's a lot of variables. I think the Dolphins are definitely better. Tua Tungavailoa is going to be a better quarterback this year. He's healthy and ready to go this year. It's really going to be predicated on how well he plays this season with all his newfound uh, talented receivers. So uh, definitely d- upgraded a lot of different positions. I feel like the Dolphins are definitely going to be competitive in this division, and they could very well fight for this second spot. But in the end, I still think that the Patriots have done more in terms of additions where Dolphins finished third. Patriots are going to go second for me because 
despite if they start Cam or if they start Mac Jones, I feel like they've not only have increased the and increased the roster tenfold in terms of talent, but they filled a lot of holes that have been missing for a couple of years now. Uh, and because of that, because of the we already know how great their defense is year to year because of Bill Belichick, because of uh, what he's capable of doing week to week. But also, uh, they made them even more dangerous with their pass rush, with uh, you know Matt Judon being added to this team. That mm-hmm. that alone is going to really help this squad. And Dante Hightower coming back from the COVID year. Mm-hmm. Uh, l- listen, there's a lot of additions that they made. It looks like they're going to be the real deal on defense. Offensively, like I said, they got their weapons. They got whoever they decided quarterback. I still think they're going to be successful enough to be in that second running uh, and, and competing for the division winners. And at the very least, number one overall, I got the Buffalo Bills. Listen, they were tried and true last season. They didn't really lose anybody. They and Instead, they've gained some more talent in terms of depth on this roster. Defense, we already know the rock solid. Offense, we've seen what Josh Allen could do uh, last season with Stephon Diggs, with a lot of, of these younger guys, especially in the backfield with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. They're going to continue to do what they do. So in the end, until Buffalo gets knocked off, we've seen the Patriots get knocked off last season. Bills took the lead in this division. Until they, until otherwise happens, I got the Bills winning this one. All right. Yeah, there's your picks. And, Joe, let's get to mine. And it is going to be oh, exactly the same here. Uh, uh, again, I, I had the Jets <laughs> failing here again. I mean, they're going to be, I think, better than what they were last year. So everybody uh, up here in upstate New York even is has been asking the question, where are you gauging them? What's a good season for you guys? Is it like uh, Mike Tackett brought up here for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um five is it more than five you know you're right. going over and under i would say over five would be a good i we talked about i think a good uh, accomplished season for them would be seven wins but i'm thinking yeah six is probably good for them again you know i, I judge it in there uh but again they're team building right now so i'm not going to mm-hmm. rate them very highly especially with this division to where we've seen the miami dolphins keep stacking on those picks keep getting these guys and getting better every year um, and then the Buffalo Bills, like you you talked about uh, right there, um, Tom Leiter, um, right there, they've got depth and a franchise quarterback. That's what you want. You saw it even when they happened to have that draft and they were able to get um, the defensive players that they wanted it and things like that, build that defense up. And then Josh Allen has been able to uh, right the wrongs that he had that first particular season yeah. and mature right. and eliminate some of the mistakes and the overthrows and get his accuracy down and not just strong arm it everywhere. <laughs> um, and have also that wide receiver tandem right there with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, that's where it really all came together here. And, and all the piece, pieces of the puzzle came together. Uh, so Jets, I have them coming in last. Dolphins and Patriots, this was a tough one. Again, you could flip the coin. It could be either or. Just like with Joe, I see the the Dolphins getting better. But, again, you take a look at this Patriots uh, team on on paper and then also the way they're performing together. Depending on, you know, what quarterback goes in, I think if it's Mac Jones, I think that's when they could potentially be here in the second position here uh, for them. And, again, Tua, uh, judging how how the the Dolphins feel about him, how uh, the fans are, you know, does he get better? Does he eliminate some of the mistakes that he had a little bit that he had last season? Um, he's there basically by himself with only Jacoby Brissett behind him. So will we see Jacoby Brissett if he does struggle, you know, or potentially gets injured? You know what that I mean? Because that's the thing about it too. He had that big injury when he was with Alabama and stuff, and now he's here. 
will he have that you know particular type of season when he goes in for the whole season uh but although i do like miles gaskins here again where i brought it up in our biggest questions could he potentially be the dual threat type of running back out there uh to to compete with like a, a christian mccaffrey there you know on receiving yards plus uh, running on the ground you know i see he, he's a nice uh, one two punch there and obviously the bills though the way they have performed last season up and coming seems like nothing has really changed with them it's just now for them they need to be able to beat those teams in the afc championship games like the the kansas city chiefs yeah and they're still building too as well so it's like that's the other thing too is is you have you know the bills and here's the other thing too about the bills is like their backup quarterback is mitchell trubisky everybody so the bears one starter is now their backup so in case we've seen josh allen because he likes to be more mobile and run the ball and if he happens to get injured they don't fall too far down with, with trubisky uh stepping in a, as a starter as well yeah definitely so let's get to the um afc north now afc north and AFC joe's north. picks here we go this is what joe Start has for the got, afc north we got none other than the texans at the very bottom and that's because their organization is being ran by tommy tommy boy basically the owner is like tommy boy and that's he, what we've heard he's kind of like all over the place he doesn't really know what he's doing he's like you know you know i don't know what it is it's like a circus being run over there i mean who knows what's going to happen next week with them they're not really sure if deshaun watson is going to come back there's a lot of you know very fluid situations happening there with the lack of talent on the roster they've traded away a lot of guys and and with the uncertainty of quarterback it looks like tyrod taylor might be the starter potentially uh, and not a whole lot of weapons. So uh, defensively, they've kind of been dismantled. J.J. Watt said, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, they traded away Ben Derek McKinney to the Dolphins. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with that, that franchise. But they're finishing last in my book. Jaguars are going to be next. Yes, they got the, the very talented, the very gifted Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. Um, everything's all gravy in Florida. Uh, sun's shining, and they got the kid with the golden locks to throw the football. However... Um, they are another team that's kind of still kind of building, still trying to find their way. Uh, they definitely got talent up and down on defense and offense. Uh, can they put it together this year? Maybe they could be better than third. Maybe not. A lot of uh, uh, variable situations there. And then you got Tennessee Titans. Listen, rock solid uh, team that they have. Mike Vrabel has done a great job of not only uh, bringing in players, but also helping establish the run game that was missing uh, with Derrick Henry. Now he's a juggernaut. Uh, they also get in in the trade. They get Julio freaking Jones. They got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, two star-studded receivers to be able to, to go out there and throw the ball to them. Ryan Tannehill did a, a very good job last season. Now that he's got another special weapon to throw to, uh, all in all is good uh, with their offense. And defensively has been the biggest question for them. Uh, can they establish a pass rush? They haven't been able to do so. They add Bud Dupree. Hopefully that's going to make the difference for them. But their defense down the down the stretch struggled to stop the pass, to stop the run. Can they make a difference this year? Um, and then uh, last but not least, I also have uh, the Colts. The Colts, uh, listen, they're a team that's not necessarily rebuilding or needs a lot of things. They go out and get Carson Wentz in a trade to bring him home to Frank Reich. Uh, they have a very talented back uh, by Jonathan Taylor. Uh, with this offense and defense, it hasn't really changed. Defense is a top 10 defense. They are legit to go with this offense. Listen, if Wentz can stay healthy, I know it's a big question, 
But if he does that, I think the Colts are going to carry themselves very well this season, and they'll end up winners of this division. All right, again, so there's another take a look at this here. Uh, for those of you, again, uh, when I said AFC North, I end up loading the wrong graphic here. So we are talking AFC South here. So uh, so if you did hear that you know, on the podcast, there you go. That's the difference is because I loaded up the wrong graphic. But there we go, AFC South. Joe has the Colts, then the Titans, and then the Jaguars and the Texans. Let's take a look at mine. Here we go. It's rock and roll. We've got the Texans here in last, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then I swapped here with Joe, and I got the Colts and then the Titans. All right. Same thing. My same feelings here about the, the Texans. They're in full rebuild mode. They are basically the way uh, we saw. Um, for me, uh, an analogy, quick analogy, is like the way um, they – they value Deshaun Watson the way the Seahawks would value Russell Wilson. Like if they don't have him, they basically aren't squat. And this mm-hmm. looks like they might not have him here. So again, besides that on paper, they've got a, sh- a ton of running backs, you know, <laughs> loaded up in running backs and not so much in wide receiver depth. Uh, so again, not really liking their field and the Jag- Jaguars. Um, again, they're, I think rebuilding can't get any worse than last year. Uh, They've got a few different weapons on there now as well. Trevor Lawrence, again, looks like he's going to be uh, the real deal here in the offseason. So we'll see that. But I think there's going to be a bit of growing pains with this team again. So I don't see them just jumping, leaping forward in leaps and bounds, taking second or, or possibly, you know, playing for the division. Uh, so that's why I've got them in third. And then the Colts and the Titans, this was kind of like a up and down with me again. Uh, like we've discussed many times, the Titans defense had struggled last year. Hopefully they can um, look past that, but it only looks better because they have Julio Jones on the other side of A.J. Brown now. So on the offense, that looks really nice. So maybe this offense could be even a little more explosive over the top and still have Derrick Henry running the football too as well. Now that seems really scary to me. So then maybe that alleviates some of the issues here with the defense. And the Colts, basically, I'm just looking at injuries. I like DeForest Buckner. I like what they're doing on defense too as well, you know, on the front. But, uh, again, Carson Wentz, is he going to be able to withstand a whole season? I'm not sure, you know. But then right, are you going to look at Ellinger or Easton or are they going to make the, the, the trade for Nick Foles? We don't know, but. That's the only thing that kind of I was questionable about, and that's why I decided to stick with here the Titans, the Colts, the uh, Jaguars, and the Texans here, Joe. So Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too, about this division is it, it could very well change at the top either way. Uh, the other thing, too, is like, uh, I mean, really the only thing that I was thinking is I don't think the Titans did enough on defense to really help their offense, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind mm-hmm. of where the, 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 the change happened for me, whereas I like – I already know what I'm getting in the Colts' defense – I know I'm getting a top 10 defense and you're right. It is predicated on Carson Wentz. If he can stay healthy, because if he doesn't, it looks, they don't have any uh, consummate veteran to fall back on. Jacoby Brissett is no longer there. Uh, so now it looks like they're going to have to fall back on one of these younger players, like a Nick Eason or, or maybe Sam Ellinger. Uh, but that, that's definitely not a recipe to win games or even push for the playoffs. So uh, hopefully Wentz can stay healthy. And if he does, maybe that's the, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, that tips the scale in terms of who's going to win the division. Absolutely. And when you talk about stability, I'm talking about my friends over here at Mohawk Honda here in Scotia Glenville here, Joe. We're right at Freeman's Bridge Road. I work almost down the street, like across the street yes, from these do. guys. And let me tell you about Mohawk Honda here, Joe. Tell me about Right it. now, there's a shortage in vehicles everybody knows out there. So every dealer is on the radio telling you how much they're going to give you for their trade and this and that right. and blah, blah, blah. Everybody wants your vehicle because there's a shortage right now. 
but not True. at Mohawk Honda. Like no, I said, I drive there. by this place all the time. They have acres and acres uh, of cars out there, pre-owns, brand new cars too as well. Hondas, all makes and models there too as well. Go check them out. They're going to do whatever they can to put you in the car that you want, the one that you deserve, not one that they have laying around. They're like, well, this is what we got left over. You like this, don't you? Well, let's take it for a test drive. Even though it's not, you know, you want a standard or we don't have one, well, you're going to like this one. They Sit. don't force you into anything. They want you to come down, check it out. You can even go online at MohawkHonda.com. Look at the car ahead of time. Schedule a, uh, a test drive. They will come pick you up and bring you there. Who else is going to do that? And then with the car and do your test drive there. So that's one thing that they do because, you know what, my friends at Mohawk Honda, they go out of their way to please you, Joe. And that's what Absolutely. they're going to do. They're going to give you the value for your trade-in and also put you in the new car that you want and that you deserve Mohawk Honda, where they go out of their way to please you. And they got the inventory to do it. I mean, they got the, the most. In, it is ridiculous. The biggest inventory see these lots, and then I see them, and it's just like, wow, this is like the superstore here. Yeah, go there. Yeah, absolutely. Sign on the dotted line. Get yourself a great car. And there are great people down there at Mohawk Honda. Uh, absolutely, Joe. So let's take a look at now your picks now for the AFC North. Now ah, I'm on it. Here now we, we go. go. North Joe's time. picks. Here let's we go. go. The king of the north. That's is right. It? You people might be puking right now because you think, wait, the Steelers are on the bottom? Well, hear me out here. Uh, and this is the one thing. This division was very hard for me to decipher who's going to finish first, second, third, or fourth. And this is why I, I ended up with what I ended up with. Uh, Big Ben. Listen, we all know that he kind of struggled with the decision to even come back this year. He had to redo his contract to kind of help with the, the salary cap situation that they had in Pittsburgh. Also, um, a lot of things that have changed in Pittsburgh, whether it be offense and defense. I don't think I'm not buying their corners that they have. They, listen, they've lost uh, a few corners from Pittsburgh. That's going to weaken the, that pass defense a little bit more. Uh, they they definitely have a, a pass rushing specialist. They got a good defensive line. And, and that and that linebacking core is really nice. But that secondary, ugh, I don't know if they're going to be able to be as stout as they once were. Uh, offensively, that offensive line scares the hell out of me. There's a couple of new faces there that have, right now are penciled in the starters. I don't, listen, I don't know who they are, where they came from. Are they going to be good enough to hold it down for Big Ben? And listen, Big Ben is not the most sturdiest quarterback ever as well. Is Despite his stature, he has his fair share of injuries late into his career. And what's going to happen if he goes down? That's the end of the season. So uh, with that being said, that's kind of where I'm getting at for the Steelers to end up finishing last. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I just don't know how good they're going to be this year with all those changes across the board. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals got them finishing second. Yep, that's second. The Bengals have uh, an improved offensive line. They, their, their once rookie draft pick didn't play last season due to injury. He's coming back to shore up that left tackle spot to give Joe Burrow plenty of time. And what did they do in the draft? They draft his college teammate. They draft Jamar Chase to supplant uh, A.J. Green. Now that he's not there anymore, they fill that hole in with Jamar Chase. Despite his struggles in preseason, maybe he's going he's gonna to be one of those receivers that kind of gradually get better as the season goes. Tyler Boyd, do not forget about that man. That man is a bad man on the opposite side. Joe Mixon, healthy, coming back this year. That's got to be some incentive for, for this offense. And defensively, they made a lot of changes. Uh, Trey Hendrickson from the Saints, really going to dial down this pass rush, really going to help out. They got better corners. They got some nice safeties. They got everything nice there. So the Bengals, I'm giving them a shot here 
to get third in this division. Really Cle- nice. Cleveland Browns, they have been teetering on this division, uh, winning the division, coming in second. Now they are a complete full team. They are ready to compete for this division. Uh, I got them finishing just a shade in second, uh, despite their improvements that they made at cornerback at every facet of, of their game. uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is returning healthy yet again. I wonder how that's going to impact Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. Is it going to be a negative impact like we've seen in the past? Or will will Odell just shut up in the huddle and let Baker Mayfield do his thing? Uh, So I got him finishing second. And first, I have the Baltimore Ravens finishing here and winning this division because one defense wins. And, And we've seen the proof in Baltimore they are solid all the way around. They're going to get after you. They're going to be a nuisance in the in the pass game, a nuisance in stopping the run and rushing a quarterback. And offensively, listen, we've seen this offense get better season after season with Lamar Jackson. I thought it was going to be like a one-trick pony thing, a lot of runs, a lot of, cha- a lot of little trick plays. But now it looks like they're evolving slowly. They've added more talent at receiver. Hopefully that means that they're going to pass more. We know they talked about it last season. But all in all, let's just wait to see what they do because despite what defenses are saying, they're going to pin Lamar Jackson. They got him figured out and everything. Let's just see if they can do that. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like they're going to end up winning. All right. Tom Leiter's out there with a, a question here. Now he says, can Jackson stay healthy running the way he does in Baltimore? Absolutely, there because he's already done it for a couple of seasons and he, and he doesn't get injured. And the reason why is because not only is he super elusive and hard to get a, a bead on, like this guy does not stay still long enough for you to even come get an arm tackle on him. Mm-hmm. He makes you completely miss. So, and then when he is in harm's way, so far what I've noticed is that he either will just duck underneath, say, okay, I'm done, enough running, you know what I mean? Or he'll just get out of bounds. So uh, he's smart on his feet and he has some of the best field vision I've seen anybody on the football field have. Uh, he just, I don't know, he's got like eyes in the back of his head. He just knows when danger's coming to get out of harm's way. So, so far, I don't think nothing's going to end up hindering him as far as injuries go. Run, bitch! Run! There you go. Just let him keep doing Lamar. Let Lamar do Lamar things. There you go. All right, so here you go. Let's take a look at mine. Now, mine's a little jumbled up here from what Joe's is. I have got the Bengals still at the bottom here. Uh, Again, I'm not exactly sold completely on this team. Again, I think they're in still like a build mode here. I want to see Joe Burrow come back from this injury and see how he plays because we haven't been able to see him uh, this season yet. They said he's going to probably be able to go for week one. And Jamar Chase now, uh, he will settle in now. Before you get too far ahead, Joe has been, he's going to play a little bit this last preseason. Yeah, I said this last preseason. They said he is going to play a little bit. A couple snaps. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So there's just so much unknown, I think, with this team for me. So I'm going to stay back on them. Uh, And then the Steelers, I just stay with them traditionally. Again, I see them taking a step backwards again, like Joe had said. Offensive line, when I'm thinking about it in the draft, I'm watching it. They figure they got to go for it. They're going for it. And then they go and get Najee Harris. And yes, you know, he's pretty good. He's worth it. He's worth it. I understand that too. But uh, last time I checked, the running back, again, isn't what's going to get you to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you got to have that strong offensive line, protect your aging quarterback that has been getting hit a lot and being injured. And now he's older. He's almost on his way out. He wants it to be his almost last couple of years. I don't think he wants to sit there and keep taking hits. So that's why he's even slimmed down a little right. bit to maybe help out with some of this, get a little more. And that's the thing maybe. is I thought with that pick, they were going to take Tevin Jenkins mm-hmm. at Oklahoma state. I thought it was a shoe in 
I thought, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to take their tackle. And they end up taking the running back. I was surprised. And right. And like you said, they had lost some people on defense, too. Uh, there's still going to be some guys there. You know, J, uh, uh, TJ Watt, they're still going to get his and stuff. But again, that defense is going to take a step backwards as well. That's why they're dropping down to third. For me, again, Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns, it was down to these two teams. But I see Odell Beckham it's Jr. Tough. coming back with this again. And what Tom Leiter has seen where he goes and grabs Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is just that workhorse. He, he reminds me not of the way uh, Barry Sanders would run, but the way he carries himself among the game. Yeah, he goes there, runs, definitely. whatever, makes his play, turns around, gets goes back, back to, to the, the huddle, huddle yep. does his work, does it. You don't hear him in the in the social media. You don't see him in it, you know, going crazy, blah, blah, blah. Does what he does, even though there's another running back that's equally as good, uh, you know, behind 